0: broadcasting from Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and we'll be joined shortly here by Matt McLean out in Eau Claire. And not only is this the return of the fully staffed Green and Gold Forever, but we saw the return of the fully staffed Green Bay Packers on Saturday, and they looked really good. They beat the Rams 21-7. to uh, uh, Most preseason games are kind of sloppy, but this one felt like Uh, The Packers played even better than 14 points uh, over the Rams So we'll talk about some of those things The first team got its first action And we'll also talk about some of the other NFL things That have been going on this weekend As I'm sure you're quite aware of One of the main uh, things we've uh, uh, been seeing in almost every game and it's a very very big story so we'll bring Matt in here and Matt we both uh, had monsoons that we had to get through yours a little bit earlier than mine so I used blame it on the rain by Millie Vanilli last week unfortunately I should have saved it for this week um, but making it rain was Aaron Rodgers on Saturday as he looked like the best quarterback in the NFL and then some against what is supposed to be a pretty good Rams defense
1: yeah, and that's the thing, too. I mean, they had pretty much all their starters out there from what I remember, and he just torched them up, 11 for 13, 128 yards and a touchdown. And he wasn't out there very long either, so he got a lot done when he was out there and looked really good. That offense looked really good. So that was really nice to see. I mean, like you said, you've got a front seven like St. Louis does, which with is supposed to be one of the best pass rushes in the NFL, and to, uh, to still kind of torch him like that was good to see, even if it is only preseason.
0: Yeah, uh, the, the best thing I heard about Aaron Rodgers on Saturday was uh, there was a comment on Reddit that said, Aaron Rodgers looks like he's playing with his kids and their friends. Uh, just He's so much better than everybody.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and, and he really makes it look so effortless. And, and maybe we take that for granted a little bit about him, but he has such a fluid style where even other guys like Peyton Manning and, and Brett Favre, who could just dominate games, their style is very reckless and tense whereas Rodgers just looks like he doesn't have a care in the world and yeah I'll throw it to Jordy then I'll throw it to Cobb yeah 90 yard touchdown drive uh big deal didn't even break a sweat
1: yeah no completely agree it, it's and his I mean, even his throwing motion is just kind of like it you know Brett when he rocketed one he really looked like he was rocketing one but mm-hmm. you know just like Aaron Rodgers just kind of swings the arm around and it goes 60 <laughs> so I, I think everything about him it just kind of seems like a nonchalant sort of guy and it's uh no, it was, it was a lot of fun to watch though, and I, hopefully, we talked about this I think last year where he looked a little off in the preseason. Mm-hmm. So for him to, you know, come out firing like this might be a pretty good sign.
0: Yeah, and it helps that Eddie Lacey got five yards of carry, and I know they, I, I think they played him two series, uh, maybe not, but I'm ready for Eddie Lacy to just sit down until September 4th. Yeah. He okay. looks so fast, he looks so strong, I don't want to jeopardize this guy getting any more nicks than he has to have going into the season opener. That guy looks ready to play, and he looks even better than he was last year. Right, and
1: a running back is one thing. Unless he needs to work on his blitz pickups or something, that's not a position you really need to, you know, get a lot of reps with. I'd rather keep him fresh. But he looked really good too. Um, and DeJuan Harris, I'm looking at the stats now. He had 4.6 yards a pop, but it, I don't know. He it didn't look too impressive to me. He had that fumble. Mm-hmm. Um, just didn't really get out in the open. So, I mean, if and Starks, too. Did Starks even get any carries? I think he got a couple.
0: I think least. he played one series with the yeah. first team. I, I think Lacy played the one series, and then I think Starks came in, but I don't know if they did much with him. But he played quite a bit in that Tennessee game and looked absolutely great. That's true.
1: No, but, I mean, obviously Lacy's the one, and if they can keep him healthy and through the preseason, I'm okay just giving him, you know, he only got five carries, but I'm okay if they even lower that for the next two games.
0: Yeah, and he had a couple of receptions too. Yep. He, I don't know, I, I just referenced this before, but do you feel like he looks faster?
1: I, I guess maybe. I guess I, that's not the impression that I got during the game. I guess that okay. didn't stand out to me, but I, I guess I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe he slimmed down a little bit.
0: Yeah, and certainly that had to be a point of emphasis for him. I know last year he was bowling over people, but When I thought of Eddie Lacy last year and some of my apprehension uh, towards how good he could be is that his big breakaway runs that he had last year, I remember three of them, one against Baltimore, one against Chicago at Lambeau, and then one against Dallas. He was caught from behind all three times. And so if he can have a guy that has a breakaway gear, uh, this could be a very scary player to have in an already scary Packers offense.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, that was a knock on him coming out. So I guess I haven't heard any reports on that or anything if he was working on that over the off season. But uh, I don't see why you wouldn't if you know that's the only thing you really need to work on.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I thought shifting gears a little bit, I don't know how in depth we're going to go into each of the things here. This might be a rather quick podcast because... Uh, you know, we just had one four days ago, and then also you know it 's still the preseason, so we 're trying to reel in our enthusiasm a little bit here. The defense I thought uh did some nice things Julius pepper 's getting a sack um, I thought the pass rush was pretty good, the secondary still not quite up to where you want them to be, uh, but what were some of your general thoughts about the way the first team defense played? Yeah, I think the pass
1: rush, and that went into more the second and third team too. Where they ended up with what? I don't have the number right in front of you, but like six or seven sacks. Yeah, wasn't I think it? it
0: was six sacks. It felt like they were getting one on every possession in the second half.
1: Right, and they had that one guy who had the back-to-back sacks, and <laughs> I think the fourth quarter too, that I had never heard of up, up until then. And um, but yeah, the first oh, team looked good. I can't remember good. his name either, but
0: yeah. I'll yeah, I, the,
1: it. the first team defense looked really good. I mean, Sam Bradford's the Rams' quarterback, so you're never going to be you know too threatened by them slinging it all over you and it's not like they're exactly stacked in the backfield either Zach Stacy's decent but mm-hmm. um, they look good though you can't complain about what you saw and even the touchdown they had it was pretty good coverage and just a nice catch um, mm-hmm. on not a great throw so I, you could have very well had a shutout or only allowed three points so overall I thought they did good mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know I thought they they played well pass rush was good and I think uh, there was no glaring weaknesses or any giant mistakes or anything
0: Yeah I, I think Micah Hyde's still kind of learning the position. He was right there on that touchdown, yeah, and he just kind of missed it. But I think that's a play that he'll make a month from now. Uh, I was hoping to see more out of the safeties, um, Clinton Dix and Micah Hyde. Mm-hmm. But I almost wonder if they aren't the best two safeties on the team, but they're not going to have a chance to prove it because they're just not going to have enough time to form any continuity. Um, that's kind of my biggest concern uh, Going forward is How are they going to incorporate Morgan Burnett Back into this defense
1: Yeah that's a good question Because um, I don't know there's probably going to be an odd man out And they're probably not going to put Hyde back In the nickel now that uh, Hayward's back
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, I mean they'll find a spot for him To play if they do decide to start To save Burnett and, and Dix but I don't know I mean Morgan Burnett I know a lot of people like him He's kind of good in stretches but I I you know as well as I do that that's an area that we could uh, could potentially upgrade in. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm okay giving Hayden and, and Clinton Dix a chance to start the season, depending on how Burnett's feeling health wise. In in which case I'm sure he'd find some snaps uh in certain situations, but he'd probably be the odd man out.
0: Well yeah, and no interceptions for that group last year. Yeah, yeah which, that's pretty embarrassing. Yeah, that that can't happen going forward. The guy I think you were talking about was Jerome Elliott, three sacks for the Packers? Is that oh, something? he had a third,
1: two, I didn't catch, I know he had two sacks and then a forced fumble right in a row, I must have missed the third sack.
0: But yeah, so maybe there's some hope for him, hopefully he's not just the 2014 Vixa Oto or something like that. In <laughs> that,
1: um, I can't even remember his name, that free agent from the Vikings?
0: Uh, the guy Guyon? LaTroy Guyon?
1: Yeah, he, has, he hasn't played at all yet, has he? I don't
0: no, know. I don't believe so, I think he's been injured the entire time. So it'll be interesting. There's going to be a lot of new names, I think, that are going to get some opportunities on that defense. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. I guess I'm encouraged at this point, but I really have, um, just from reading things and hearing people say how good you know they've looked at times in practice at different spots, and then now seeing Julius Peppers kind of turn it on, I'm hopeful still, but I haven't seen anything with my own eyes that should lead me to believe they'll be too much better quite yet. Uh, certainly not giving up hope by any means, but it's not like it was in 2009 where they came out of the gate in the preseason and they were just destroying everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, what can you expect at a, a rain game and then a few series of play against the Rams? Um, I don't know, do you have any other things you want to... Oh, there is one other thing that we I wanted to talk about from the Packer game. And that is the Matt Flynn-Scott Tolzien backup quarterback uh, battle has started to heat up a little bit. Tolzien really getting the bulk share of the second and third string time for the Packers. Um, Matt Flynn, I think, only attempted like four passes. Um, Do you have the numbers right right there?
1: I don't, but that sounds right. It wasn't much.
0: Okay. uh, By
1: that point, they were pretty much running.
0: Yeah, I think they were just trying to get out of there. Uh, the, the numbers were Tolzien 10 of 15 for 107 yards, which is still 7.1 yards per attempt. No touchdowns, no interceptions. Matt Flynn only 2 of 3 for 44 yards and a touchdown. The bulk of those yards coming on the one touchdown pass to Jeff Janis. I I don't know if this was just Tolzien's Open audition to win the backup quarterback job I mentioned it a little bit last week And we've mentioned it repeatedly on this podcast I think there's no doubt that Scott Tolzien's The better athletic prospect of the two But I've really kind of hoped for more Out of him this preseason And he's shown flashes But he's still He looks Joey Harrington-esque out Mm -hmm. there where every pass is 150 miles an hour, and he really seems to rush to make decisions. And it's a shame, because I thought that Giant game last year was a really good showing of what he's capable of when he's not turning the ball over. But as much as I think you might want to take the chance with him, if it means a roster spot and you have to pick between the two, I still think I'm taking Flynn at this point.
1: Yeah, I think I agree with you. I mean, it's not like Tolzien's a, a rookie or he's in his second year. I mean, he's had had some time in the NFL, and he's still kind of, he'll show you a really good throw where you're like, holy cow, and then he'll miss, you know, an easy throw after that or make a bad turnover. Mm-hmm. Whereas Flynn's going to probably come in and be a little bit more consistent. I Do you think this is the year they finally keep three quarterbacks on the roster? I'm thinking they probably keep all three.
0: Well, I've heard a lot of people say that, you can't keep three, it makes no sense to keep three, you need an extra defensive guy or an extra tight end, and I'm like, they started four quarterbacks in November last year. Yeah. They had two games, well, they had one game where Rodgers and Wallace both played, then they had Wallace and Tolzien both play, then they had Tolzien and Flynn both play, all in the same games in four straight weeks. How can you not keep three? And the I think the problem is is that they'll probably be tempted to keep some other player that is a non-quarterback That's more likely to contribute And there's no way either of those guys Clear waivers
1: No, no I wouldn't think so I I can definitely understand that argument And that's why they've done it in the past But I just think with both of these guys I agree with you, I I might t- side towards Flynn Just because of what he did last year And kind of kept the ship afloat mm-hmm. Um and I'd maybe just trust him a little bit more if he has to start a few games in a row. But I don't necessarily want to get rid of Tolzien either. So yeah. I, I kind of hope they keep all three and maybe give up on a guy that, you know, maybe a a potential guy that is, uh I don't even know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want all three, though.
0: Yeah, I think you almost have to. And I, I think at the end of the day they probably will keep all three. Because not only was last year proof that having three quarterbacks is a good thing, it was also proof that losing Aaron Rodgers for significant periods of time does not have to be a death sentence. Yep. And granted, they got incredibly lucky by the Bears and the Lions deciding that, nah, we don't really want to be in the playoffs this year, you you can go. But not only did the, the, the value of a backup quarterback and multiple backup quarterbacks get proven, it also showed the value of... Staying in it and trying your best to stay in it because even if it looks like you have no hope and you're four games out with or three games out with four games to play, weird things can happen and the pack can fall back to you and you can go to the playoffs. So I think you got to keep three for that rainy day scenario that hopefully doesn't happen two days or two uh, years in a row. Yeah. Was there anything else from the game that uh, caught your eye, Matt, that you want to talk about? Uh, I not
1: especially. I guess I liked the depth at receiver that I kind of saw. Devonte Adams made a couple of nice places or a couple of nice plays. Um, and some of the other draft picks looked pretty good. Um, I think that we'll be kind of okay there, even without with letting James Jones go. Jennings obviously gone, Finley gone, but it looks mm-hmm. like there's a lot of guys who are ready to step up. and I'm feeling a little bit more comfortable there than I thought I might maybe going into the season.
0: Yeah, and I, I thought Jeff Janis really reminded me of either a young Jordy Nelson or a young Wes Welker. Um, yeah, I
1: think Rich Gannon said that like three times, that he was Jordy Nelson, basically.
0: Ugh, yeah, that's such so lazy. Uh But, whatever, I mean, he is a tall, lanky guy, but yeah. he, he reminded me more of Wayne Corbett, actually. Um, yeah, that's probably a good one. Ed McCaffrey, yeah. Yeah, definitely Ed McCaffrey as well. Ricky Prohl, maybe? <laughs> yeah, and I, I really didn't have much to add as well. The Rams, I thought... As much as Aaron Rodgers kind of torched them I watched it again Because uh, I wanted to see those two Rodgers drives And on second viewing The Rams defense really didn't put much effort in at all uh, Towards the end there The pass rush kind of gave up There was a play where uh, I always forget is it It's Jonathan Quinn, right? Um, or Robert, Robert Quinn? Quinn? Robert Quinn I, There used to be a Jonathan Quinn Was that a bad quarterback somewhere?
1: Yeah, I think you're right.
0: Okay, uh, Robert Quinn. I just remember Gruden singing the Quinn song on, uh, um, Monday Night Football, like either last year or the year before. But he had one play where he just played it like it was the Pro Bowl. Uh, cause Rogers started drifting away on the first, uh, couple of steps and was rolling out to the other side and I don't pay that close of attention to the trenches on a play-to-play basis, so maybe that's how everybody plays it in the preseason, and maybe even some in the regular season when you're clearly going to be out of the play. But I was just kind of shocked to see how... A guy like Quinn, and then also Chris Long later in the play, they're both just like, "Yeah, you know what? I really don't feel like running out towards the mm. boundary. I'll just let him throw a touchdown pass." <laughs> so, not to tamper our spirits or anything, but uh, that was kind of surprising. You'd think an up-and-coming team like that would show a little bit more heart against uh, a marquee opponent, even in the preseason. Sure. Uh, so you you don't you're not bothered at all by I guess, that.
1: I guess I I didn't catch it. I didn't catch it <laughs> to really notice. But I guess I they'll bring it during the regular season. Yeah. So I I guess it doesn't make me think the Rams defense isn't any is you know like, it's not like they're gonna keep doing that during the regular season I guess but I, I don't know still impressed and um, I think the yeah they're they'll pass rush during the regular season I promise they're not on the schedule this year are they
0: <laughs> No they're not. Okay that's good. Any uh, hopes for Sam Bradford being any good this year? No. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think this is his last year as a starting quarterback.
0: Okay. Uh, I wonder. I almost wondered how this team might be with Sean Hill at starting quarterback. Yeah, you know, he
1: had some magical moments as a Lions quarterback, didn't
0: he? Yeah, in San Francisco, too. He beat out uh, Alex Smith right. for a little while. That's right. So I wonder if, uh, you know, not that you hope for anything to happen, but I wonder if if they uh, lost Sam Bradford this year, they'd be in a lot better shape than they were last year when they had Kellen Clemens instead. Well, you would think
1: with a defense like that, you would maybe try to go out and get somebody... You know, I'm not saying you necessarily have to take Somebody with your first pick in the draft, but If you can get a guy who's maybe got some potential Wouldn't you do that? (laughs) I mean, you've got Kellen Clemens As your backup for a (laughs) starting quarterback That's not any good either, I mean, with that defense You've got a chance to win, Mm -hmm. and if You're not giving yourself a chance At quarterback, I think that's some of the frustration with Houston, too, is, you know Give yourself a shot at at winning With all you need is a serviceable quarterback With a defense like that, Mm -hmm. and to have two quarterbacks like that as your one and two is probably kind of frustrating for the fans.
0: Lazy. Yeah. <laughs> and when was the last time anybody's ever won with just a defense? I mean, it's happened like twice in NFL history. Um, yeah, You've yeah, got to at
1: least have a guy who can make plays or has you know has the potential to do something.
0: Well yeah, and and you look at the two guys when um when it's brought up, you know, you don't always you can have a great team and win the Super Bowl. The two examples are the O2 Bucks with Brad Johnson and the 2000 Ravens with Trent Dilfer. Those two defenses are amongst the best ever. The Ravens allowed 10 points a game and I think the Buccaneers allowed like 12 points a game. I think they allowed fewer per game than the 85 Bears and led the NFL in turnovers. The, they scored three touchdowns in the Super Bowl So, I mean, those were very unique cases And since then, you've seen teams that had to have a pretty darn good quarterback to, to even contend I mean, who's the worst quarterback to win the Super Bowl in that time period? Ben Roethlisberger?
1: Yeah, you're probably right You make that the him versus Eli argument, I guess, for that
0: Yeah, and I guess you could throw Flacco But he was replaced yeah. by, like, Tom Brady for that whole playoffs, I'm convinced <laughs> All right, well, the big news, if you followed me on Twitter and heard my mini rantings and if you've been paying any attention to um, mainly print media, because I feel like the actual TV partners of the NFL have not talked about it too much. I could be wrong, um, but the penalties have been a huge story across the board. The Rams and Packers, I believe, had 22 penalties accepted, and multiple penalties that were not called at all. Um, there was a blogger who writes for the uh, on uh, the New Orleans Saints that tallied them for us so he said that through 62 games the officials have thrown an average of 23.7 penalties per game so that's nearly 12 per team that's twice the total of the 2013 regular season when an NFL um average game featured 12.7 total penalties hmm. a little bit over 6 per team the league average has been right around uh 13 in the last five years. Uh, so the Saints, where he leads into, have been called for 42 penalties. And the big emphasis this offseason has been illegal contact, defensive holding, offensive pass interference, the illegal hands to the face. They've called, this is in 62 games, they've called 104 defensive holding penalties, 70 illegal use of hands, and 55 illegal contact. Uh, the least penalized team in the NFL so far is the Washington Redskins with 13 penalties, and the catch there is they've only played, played, one, played one game. Games. Unbelievable. I'm, I was almost furious watching that because it, the rumor is that the NFL didn't like the Super Bowl, and so they wanted to put, uh, a, uh they, they wanted to pull back great defenses like Seattle and Carolina and San Francisco by trying to affect their style of play. they I think what they want to do is eventually they want all defensive player uh, all defensive players, especially secondary, to play the ball. They don't want them to play the guy at all. They just want them to play the ball. They want every drive to either end in a touchdown or an interception, like Madden. And it's horrible right now. And I don't understand how it's going to get better. I hope they're just trying to send a, mes- um, a message, but... This is ridiculous. I watched the two Packer games and almost every other game I've attempted to watch has been basically unwatchable. It's pathetic right now.
1: Mm-hmm. And I maybe I'm in the minority, but I love watching that kind of bump and run defensive mm-hmm. football too. I, I prefer that over the, you know, the the shootout kind of games, but
0: Seattle and San Francisco last year was the best game I've seen in 5 years.
1: Yeah, that was great. And you're probably right. They probably do want the shootout Super Bowls and stuff like that rather than a blowout like last year. But mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm kind of hoping this doesn't go as as hardcore into the regular season. And maybe they're just trying to get people to back off a little bit in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Because if it does continue like this in the regular season, it's not going to be the same game. Um, so I'm kind of hoping they're just trying to challenge these guys to start to learn over these four games that they can't do that. Or they're going to get called, and then hopefully they back it off a little bit. But they're supposed to call the preseason games the exact same that they call the regular season games. So in essence, they shouldn't be doing that, really.
0: Yeah, and I mean the Packers scored four touchdowns on Saturday, and only two of them counted because of yeah. penalties that I don't, I didn't even see. I understand what they're trying to do to a certain extent. I think it's completely unnecessary. It goes back to a point that I've tried to hammer home multiple times on this show, is that it seems like the people in charge of the NFL are catering the game to people who don't like football. Mm -hmm. Um, The best matchup the Super Bowl has had on paper in probably 25 years happened this year. What, 170 million people watched it? The other 170 million people that didn't watch it I don't think there's that many in this country So whatever the 300 million minus 170 130 million people that didn't watch the Super Bowl Aren't watching it because they don't like football It's not because they want more points Or there's not enough excitement for them Or the extra points are too close and too automatic (laughs) That's not why they're not watching They're not watching because they could give (laughs) Not much about sports in any capacity So why don't you Throw a bone to the, those of us who have been watching for 25 years, whether it's Giants-Ravens in the Super Bowl or whether it's Peyton Manning in a great matchup against Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's frustrating, I think. for But I guess that happens with all kind of corporate growth stuff, is that your loyal customers always kind of get the shaft. Anybody who's ever uh, subscribed to cable knows that. Yep. So, um, gosh, you got to think it gets better. Aaron Rodgers actually... Spoke out against it, and I've heard everybody seem to toe the company line And Aaron Rodgers came out and said, you know, this is ridiculous They can't be calling the game like this during the regular season It's not a very good product right now And I don't know if he, he's going to get fined or if he got fined Or he might have got a stern letter today But I, I was really, really uh, impressed that Aaron Rodgers uh, stuck his neck out like that for For a cause I think we all are on his side about well, and the
1: NFL has to know that. They have to know that if they're throwing 40 flags a game plus, that it's going to make the product a lot worse than it's going to be or what it was last year with with the strong defenses and the bump and run coverage. So they have to understand that uh, that's going to change the game drastically if they're throwing that many flags. And the games are going to end up being four hours long, and nobody's going to want to watch that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I just, I, I guess I don't have high hopes right now because they seem very stubborn with a lot of those kind of things. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see. I can't imagine
1: they keep throwing flags at the rates that they're throwing them right now.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't think so. I know Moose Johnson, uh, in the Dallas Ravens preseason game, he was kind of giving it to the, the the NFL pretty good there, saying, "Well, if you want every game to be four hours long, this is how to get it done." Sure. And uh, so, so we'll see what happens. And one other real quick thing. We didn't talk about it in any of our off-season shows, and I try very hard once the games are over to sort of be rational about what I've seen. It doesn't always work, but I try. And I never understand the intense hatred for individual players. Um, But I'm finding it much more difficult to want to see Peyton Manning have any success at all when the two biggest rules changes or rules re-emphasis is, that have happened in our time watching football are due to his two most embarrassing playoff losses. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, can you imagine them in 2004 saying, yeah, anything, you know, fourth down and anything longer than 26 is an automatic punt situation. Um, we need to see Brett Favre in the Super Bowl. And uh you know Aaron Rodgers he he had that great run in 2011. So here in 2012 no blitzing on fourth down and uh <laughs> Hail Marys the wide receiver cannot jump to catch a Hail Mary. Uh that's the new rule in the NFL. Um uh, no reason whatsoever but it can't be done. Uh it just feels like am I way off base for thinking that he gets favored <laughs> over some of these other guys?
1: Yeah, well, it sure seems that way, and I think he probably is the NFL's biggest star right now, so, you know, that might have something to do with it. They want him winning Super Bowls, and he's only got the one, so, I think it's probably overall just the way the game was being played at that time, maybe, and then it was kind of, the exclamation point was put on it with those games by him, mm-hmm. um, where he gets ripped apart because he can't, nobody's getting open and he's getting hit. But, um, I mean, it definitely has a lot to do with him if that was any other quarterback in that situation. You know, Sans maybe Tom Brady or somebody like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, Brady did get the rule when he got his knee blown out that yeah. he can't fall by a quarterback anymore.
1: So, I mean, if, you're, if you've if you got that name, and Rodgers is probably getting pretty close to that, maybe we'll get some Rodgers rules here in the next few years. But there's not a whole lot of guys that have that kind of pull, but I think Peyton's probably number one on that list.
0: And I sort of feel bad for him, because certainly he's not asked for this. Yeah. Um, and he just is kind of the focal point of it, for reasons that are probably beyond his control. Because if he wins the Super Bowl this year, and throws 50 touchdowns again, how many people are going to think that that's... Not, it's not going to be illegitimate, but it's not going to be as legitimate if, it, right. if he had done it last year. They're going to think, oh yeah, well of course, because they changed all the rules for him.
1: I mean, especially if they end up playing San Francisco or Seattle or somebody like that in the Super Bowl, and then now this time he, you know, rips them apart a little bit mm-hmm. because they can't cover like they were covering last year. It, it, I know what you're saying, it's not like there's going to be an asterisk next to it, but it will, people who actually pay attention like you and I are going to be like, well yeah, but,
0: you know, that <laughs> yeah. kind of a thing. Exactly. So we'll see what happens. I did have a little bit of hope. I had watched most of the nationally televised preseason games uh, of the first two weeks, and last night I had about one eye on the Panthers and Chiefs. And it could just be that Kansas City stinks again after finishing 2-6 and six last year. Uh, but that Carolina defense didn't get many flags and they whooped up on Kansas City pretty darn good. They were flying all over the place. They were covering receivers. They were pressuring the quarterback. So it gave me some hope that uh, these great defenses will be able to, to survive it. Um, it. The rules changes really do favor the Packers. I understand that. But I want them to win a Super Bowl by earning it. I don't want them to win the Super Bowl because the NFL decided that flag football is the future.
1: Sure. Well, and I think a team like Carolina or San Francisco are maybe built a little bit better to withstand the rule changes too because Mm -hmm. they're front seven driven, whereas a team like Seattle um, is all about the press coverage in the secondary. So it kind of negates a little bit what Richard Sherman and what Brandon Browner was doing last year, I guess, before Mm -hmm. that. So if they're all about putting pressure on, that kind of takes away from that as much. Sure. So I think a team with a stronger front seven, that might be... This Legion of Boom might have been the only super secondary team that we... We've seen in a while, and that we'll maybe yeah. see again in the near future.
0: Yeah, that's a real good point. Um, so you're saying that a defense that is built primarily on two pass rushers and then two very handsy cornerbacks who are very high-paid and like to hit people in the face and hold <laughs> might not be very good?
1: Probably not ideal, no.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, San Francisco you brought up. One last thing I just wanted to bring up. San Francisco's been outscored 57 to 3 in the preseason right now Pretty and I <laughs> yeah yeah very good. Um uh, one of the things that they they had their debut yesterday. They lost 34 to nothing to the Broncos at their the debut in their new stadium and I heard somebody say that at least the Wi-Fi was good. So, <laughs> you know, they could instantly um tweet about how bad the team was and whatnot But if you haven't read my article on the website yet, I feel like I'm plugging this constantly but you know sometimes you got to be a self-shill um i don't think that losing in the preseason is necessarily a death sentence but getting just pulverized in the preseason certainly can't be a good sign i mean three points i mean that's that's pretty brutal
1: yeah i might disagree with you a little bit on the emphasis of the preseason wins but i'm completely on board when you don't want to get killed in the (laughs) preseason i think that's just bad
0: well, yeah, and, and I think what I had said in the article, too, is not necessarily that you you can't try to win preseason games. That won't prove anything. It's more an emergent trend that if you win two preseason games or you win three preseason games without specifically trying to do so, all it is is revealing that you probably have a good roster. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think that if you leave Colin Kaepernick in the whole game and you go 4-0 and <laughs> that it's going to mean anything. <laughs> Uh, didn't that? I feel like the Lions did that, or or no? Um, Steve Spurrier, didn't he do that his first year with the yes, Redskins? Yes, I
1: think he, yeah, I think he started to start almost, at least for a full halves in all those games.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh well, history proves, you know, that's how you get it done, because Spurrier's Redskins, you know, they 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 were a dynasty, weren't they?
1: Oh, maybe not have Shane Matthews as one of your starting <laughs> quarterbacks.
0: Well, you got Danny Werfel on the bench, you don't have to worry <laughs> about what happens to Shane Matthews all right we just clocked in at about a half hour and i know it's the preseason um maybe there's some things that we didn't get to oh there is one last thing i feel like i've tried to wrap this show up three times but uh i'm literally going off a half sheet of paper here it's uh it's a quick and dirty preseason version of green and gold forever it's it's preseason for us too so we we do about half a show and then we we put in the backup <laughs> Uh, Phil Simms and Tony Dungy have now been amongst the most high-profile people who have come out and say they will not use the word Redskins in their broadcasts, and they will attempt uh, to just refer to the team as Washington. Fox, uh, following CBS's lead, has also given the option to their commentators to not use the word Redskins if they choose not to. And I don't know if we want to talk too much about this, because we've talked about it in the past, but... Um, do you think the fact that not only have the networks given permission to these uh, analysts to be able to make these types of decisions for themselves, but that guys are publicly saying that they're against the Redskins' team name, that this is finally the beginning of the end for that nickname?
1: Um, if, well, from okay, so uh, from what I can tell, until Daniel Snyder dies, I don't think there's much the NFL can do, is there? I, I mean, they... They won't get the, it's what we talked about in the last episode, they won't get the uh, some of the sales rights from the name, is that right?
0: Well, that's the problem, is what, and Daniel Snyder is a pretty, obviously to have a billion dollar net worth, he's probably got to be a pretty cutthroat businessman. Yeah. The idea is that if the courts succeed with their lawsuit, the Redskins would be stripped of trademark rights to the term Redskins, so they could use it all the time, but you and me could open a store and sell Official NFL, not official NFL stuff, but we could have official Redskins Washington gear. Redskin stuff, yep. Yeah, and and we would not be uh, criminally liable for that. Sure.
1: Um, I don't know. I they've been talking about this for so long, and it doesn't seem like anything's really cracked. So maybe that's the thing that needs to happen here, because it just doesn't seem like Daniel Sanders going to change his mind. I mean, he's heard all these arguments before, <laughs> and just doesn't yeah. seem to care too much. So, I mean, unless the NFL has to step in and do something, which you know, maybe not out of the realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. But, I, I just can't see Daniel Snyder coming out and saying, oh, yep, yeah, I guess I changed my mind, or anything like that. It ultimately it's up to him at this point.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. It's a private company, so he can fight it for as long as he wants, and, and I'm sure the NFL won't step in. They're, they're too busy trying to, you know, ruin the game with some other stupid <laughs> rule. Alright, so, it's so funny that they want to ruin the extra point, they want to add more playoff teams, they're gonna change the game Fundamentally to try to mess with defenses But when it comes to the one thing They want to stand by tradition It's the team with a racial slur As a, uh, as a mascot um, And they're
1: okay with domestic abuse as well
0: Oh yeah, that, that's not a problem <laughs> uh, Yeah <laughs> Anyways, it, it's, it's not the players' fault We could still watch the players And cheer right. for the team That's right All right, so now the Packers finally get to play at Lambeau Field in a real game against the Raiders on Friday, and I feel like I know absolutely nothing about the Raiders. I'm expecting Rich Gannon and... Tim Brown and Charlie Garner to be there. Maybe Randy Moss and Kerry Collins, but it, it feels like I have not seen a Raider game in five years. Mm-hmm. What do they got? Matt McGloin. Yep. Is, is, is he their starter? Who's their starter? He's their
1: starter. They did get, um, I forget who they got. They got some guy in the mid-rounds, I think, this year as
0: well. Oh, was it David Carr's brother?
1: Oh, yep, you're right.
0: Uh, but uh, Steve, I think
1: McGloin's, Steve Carr? McGloin's expected to start, I think. He played okay last year.
0: Do they still have Darren McFadden?
1: They do. Him and Mojo, Maurice Jones-Trew, are uh, oh, that's battling right.
0: for the number one spot. I forgot about that. A couple of young
1: guys who are never hurt.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're, you can count on them every week. Just feed them that rock. All right, so uh, we'll get to know the Raiders a little bit, and uh, I'm sure when they pull uh, put in their backups, I won't even notice. Uh, so that'll be fun. Hopefully the Packers can escape injury-free and uh, just keep going here. And if they get another win in the preseason, if you read my article, that means they're going to the playoffs, almost assuredly. Mm-hmm. And uh San Francisco, if they lose one more, they won't make the playoffs. So that means yep. Super Bowl bond for the Packers. Uh, so this next week is clearly probably the biggest week of the season for the Packers. <laughs> All right, I really have nothing left to say. Do you have anything, Matt?
1: Well, you're welcome, everybody, for not talking about Johnny Manziel once during this podcast.
0: Oh, man. Oh, we, we should just start over, shouldn't we? Actually he plays right now. He's on
1: right well Hoyer's in right now but oh, uh yep, he's play, he should be on the field in about a half an
0: hour. Well I better turn my TV on I completely yeah, forgot get ready. about that. All right well I'm going to turn this off so I can watch some Johnny football and I'm sure he'll be uh, remarkable and uh, you you'll never you, you'll never hear anything from him probably again right after this. Probably. All right. All right let's just end this thing. I'm just <laughs> uh, All right so uh, we'll see you next week everybody. Enjoy the preseason and uh, enjoy the rest of the summer. Take care everyone.